Yasim, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. I hope all is good in your world. Today, we thought we'd do something slightly different. Uh, the captain, aka Mr. Aaron Crow, aka our head of media inside the High Performance Coach, put up a little story on my Instagram yesterday uh, asking uh, many of you, what uh, do you want to know about Joe Parrish across business, life, and also some questionable questions as well that have also come through. So uh, this is gonna be a little bit of an ad hoc off the cuff uh, podcast. We've got an abundance of questions to get through. Uh, the captain is gonna give them to me one by one. I actually don't know what any of the questions are. I've seen two of them. <laughs> which was slightly debatable. I'm not sure whether he still included those, uh, but uh, hopefully there's gonna be some value in here. So the captain, welcome to the High Performance Coach Podcast, mate. How are you, okay? Thank you, mate, welcome. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome to me, yeah. Not as great to be here, it's been a while, so I'm looking forward to these ones. I've got some abundance of good questions here. Good, dude, okay, tell me, let's uh, let's, let's make a start. What's, what's first on the list? Well, what first on the list, we're gonna start slightly more serious questions to get to know Joe Parrish is what this is really all about. So we'll get started on those and then if we've got a bit of time, we'll maybe go into some, some of the more questionable ones. So to start off, who, no, sorry, good start. <laughs> what makes or has made Joe Parrish the person who he is today? I think it's a great question. And one thing that I think about is I went to uh, Spain with Troy and Ben last September and uh, we actually sat on uh, our veranda having had, a bar uh, having had a barbecue and we actually like, debated this question for hours and again I think you try to go back as far as you can and look at right, why do I behave the way in which I behave why do I think the way in which I think why do I operate the way in which I do and uh, I think there's obviously a multitude of differing reasons to why that may, now may potentially be uh, one of the biggest things that I really think stands out to me is obviously just um, of course upbringing um, my parents grandparents and obviously the influence that they obviously had on me massively I think sport um, from a young age gave me so much in terms of uh, discipline and like taught me so, in, so many incredible life skills. Um, and then I think as well, as you kind of grow and evolve, um, I think it's your own kind of like education, what you get exposed to. And then I think it's like understanding, well, you start to pick and choose what it is that you now value. And I think that's obviously been shaped so much by uh, my parents, grandparents, and the incredible job that they have done. Uh, but then I think as well, it's your own kind of self mastery and then just finding it out for yourself as well. Like one big thing that um, like I love is like some lessons have to be experienced in order for them to be fully understood. And I also think sometimes you have to leave yourself to find yourself. And I think you go through obviously um, this journey and then you just start to discover uh, you know, what aligns to you, what doesn't align to you, how do you now see the world, what's important to you, what's not important to you, and um, I've had a lot of failures, a lot of challenges, a lot of setbacks, um, I've spent a lot of my time pretending to be somebody that I wasn't because I felt as though that I needed to conform and I wanted to be liked and I wanted to be validated, I wanted to fit in, and then I realized that that fundamentally wasn't pleasing me and I was actually doing myself and those around me a disservice, so I think you know, you've got to be able to leave yourself to find yourself, I think, export and I also think my upbringing um, in terms of my family and the love that I had, I think has obviously had a huge um, influence on why I now behave in the way in which I do. But I think that's an incredible question and it's something that I think about all the time. It's like, why do we or why do I behave or think the way in which I behave and think? And I think it's, uh, it's this curiosity that I think um, I'll only continue to explore and look at even more so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's class because you, you always think kind of like, are you on the right path and are you where you're meant to be? And, and I just think that, yeah, that, that, that's, you, you always make your own journey and everyone's is always unique. But 
that's yeah your, your story is very unique and it's a very good one so what is your proudest achievement I think that I don't even know where to go with that I am um, could go down uh, so many ways couldn't yeah you? I think I think a couple I think a couple of things I think um, the the backing of the belief and the confidence and the trust in myself to now be able to follow my own path um, for me to be able to actually just be okay and be comfortable with destroying and rebuilding um, the differing identities that I felt as though that I've kind of like operated from uh, because obviously I, all that I ever wanted to be was a professional footballer and like every single day after school I'd be kicking a ball against a wall or I'd be out in the park um, playing football until after dark until my mum would uh, kind of drag me home and uh, all that I thought was literally football and obviously at the age of 16 I had the opportunity to go and play obviously full-time and that didn't quite work out but what an incredible two-year experience that was and um, obviously being able to let go of that part of my life then stepping into now what do I do now where do I go I ended up working in Tesco's for a period of time before then obviously um, heading up to Scotland and so I think it was just probably more for me actually having the confidence and the backing and the trust in myself to then be able to um, trust my nose and trust my instinct and back myself in terms of whatever it was that I was now going to go and step into and realize that actually these things aren't all of me they're just part of me and they're actually now making and creating me um, and the first person that you now have to please is yourself and I think um, yeah the thing that I'm most proud of is actually now being able to love myself and respect myself for who I am and also for my flaws and my vulnerabilities and the things that I would have previously seen as a negative or something that wasn't good about me um, and I think coming to a place of greater acceptance there's obviously still plenty of work to do but I think that's been a, a huge thing of actually now being able to just be myself and be okay with that and realizing that that's enough instead of thinking that I have to be something or somebody else um, I think that's probably my uh, proudest achievement. Yeah, that's class because when I read that question you can kind of again go down two different ways and one is a proudest achievement it's like something you've actually done lands end to John O'Groats or you know one of those could be or even just your, your surface level things not necessarily surface level but like you know you you wedding and things like that like it's all kind of things that you could go down but then actually that I was hoping you were going to go a bit deeper down the route that you just did so that's class um, who is your current inspiration or favorite person to learn from um, or people I don't want this to be like a cop-out answer, but I feel like I learn from everybody. I learn from every single one of our coaches that I have the privilege of working alongside. Uh, I learn so much from you. I learn so much from our incredible coaching team. Um, I think when you operate, and I've always been this way, where I'm just incredibly curious, um, and I will always want to be able to kind of like excavate and take, um, not in a negative way, but like what I can from individuals in terms of like, their traits, their characteristics, what they're now doing incredibly well, because I think everybody that you get exposed to has an incredible story. They have something so much, they have so much to offer. Uh, but it's about now being able to uh, allow them to feel listened to, heard and understood, and to be able to, I suppose, then be genuinely curious and ask the right questions. So I think, you know, I learned so much from so many people that I um, have uh, the opportunity to be interacted, I get the opportunity to interact with every single day. Um, I've learned obviously I, I give so much of like my 
growth to like podcasts and books and things like that. And I think there's so many, there's too many to uh, to name. Um, and then also like for me, you know, Leanne, my granddad, my mom, um, you know, like I've all, I've all had such like powerful and positive influences on me. And uh, I feel like the way in which they conduct themselves, um, the love and the support, what they've been through, I think obviously for me, like they are um, like huge like inspirations for me, but I take that from like everybody um, in all honesty, because I think if you can trade Jack and take bits from everything and everyone you get exposed to, that always has the most like profound and like positive uh, impact where I have found that's definitely for me anyway. Yeah, yeah, class. Um, and where does your drive to get better come from, would you say? Um, I think initially it was through insufficiency. I think it was through feeling that I had to prove myself. I felt as though um, that I had to now be able to um, like do something or achieve something or have something to now feel worthy or to now feel like I was successful or to now feel again like I was um, being validated by others. Uh, so I think obviously initially it was obviously driven through a lot of like, yeah, fear, uh, insecurity, insufficiency, um, and yeah, that feeling of like not being good enough. And whilst obviously there's still like a degree of that because I don't think that ever leaves you, I think now it's far more this curiosity again and this exploration of like how good can I really be? And one big thing that changed for me, I remember I was actually prepping for a bodybuilding competition. I went um, to Mallorca with my family in 2017 um, and I read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and one thing that he said in there was like one of the principles was start with the end in mind. And that's always been something that stood out for me. It's like, I always now kind of um, look at, right, okay, when I get to the end, like what do I want to have accomplished? What do I want to achieve? What are the things that I would have loved to have experienced and done? How would I love to have challenged myself? And how can I now know that I can sit there with a greater degree of peace now knowing that I've given it a good go and uh, I've put in a good shift? And I think that's probably the most important thing for me. So I think there's a huge desire and drive. And not only that, the ability to now be able to give myself the platform to be the best that I can be so that I can then hopefully be a lighthouse and also a soundboard and um, a platform for others as well to actually give themselves the opportunity to be able to go and be all they can be as well. So I think that's also a massive kind of like driving force for me. It's like for my own personal selfish endeavors, it's through insufficiency initially, which is still kind of a little bit there. Um, and I don't think that ever leaves you. And I think then off the back of that, it's more yeah, curiosity and exploration um, and starting with the end in mind and uh, have a visualization of like being on a rocking chair as an old man, which I don't even know where that comes from and being able to look back um, and just having peace that I know that I yeah, gave it my best to the best of my capacity uh, with the resources that I had available to me. Yeah, no, amazing. And that kind of leads on to the next question actually, which is, um, what would your 90 year old self, you know, just sitting on that rocking chair, what would your proudest achievement be or what would you hope to have achieved by then? I think looking back and actually now looking at the connections, conversations and people um, that I've been able to build relationships with. I think um, for me, obviously, it's being able to now um, ensure that the experiences that I have had um, have been abundant 
and uh, I've been able to spend time with the people that I love the most and uh, I value the most and uh, I've actually been able to be present and I've been able to actually enjoy uh, those moments I think more so than anything else but being able to uh, yeah, look at the relationships that I've built and uh, hopefully the positive impact that I've now been able to have in some way small um, yeah like shape or form yeah no brilliant and now we kind of go into a bit more business a bit more of the HBC and kind of where you've done in, uh, the business side of things so have you ever felt imposter syndrome whilst building the HBC yeah continuously I think when I first became the coach's coach, I basically questioned myself, like, who am I? Who do I think that uh, I am to be in a position to now be able to coach coaches? Um, I had the narrative of, like, people are fitter than me, stronger than me, are more successful than me, that have got more letters after their name than me, that make more money than me, like, insert all these different things. Um, and, yeah, I felt like a massive imposter at that moment in time. And even every single time that you grow or you go to a new level, I think, if you don't feel like an imposter, then fundamentally you're not now growing and or challenging yourself because every single time you get to a new level, there's obviously going to be a new um, set of rules. There's going to be a new game to play. And obviously you've not been exposed to those um, conditions previously. So I think you're always going to feel like an imposter initially. Um, but most important, it's about now looking at that through the lens of this is an opportunity because I now know that I'm growing and I'm stepping into that domain um, and seeing actually how can I learn and what can I build and what am I um, you know, able to gather from this and how is this improving me? Um, and then how can I use the previous data, the previous evidence, the previous bright spots of what I've been able to do in other areas of my life to now be able to obviously build um, that consistency and also that confidence which i think needs evidence which is you doing what you say that you're going to do so um yes do i still feel like an imposter at points absolutely but for me that's just a good sign because it now means that i'm evolving and growing and stepping in to something new and almost going into uncharted territory which um i just have to view um openly don't get me wrong is it challenging is it hard is that that little um, devil that sits on your shoulder that's basically saying you're gonna get found out, you're not good enough, like what do you think that you know, you don't know enough, like all these things, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's about trying to get rid of those. I think it's just about recognizing that they're like clouds, those feelings and thoughts are gonna come and go, but it's what you do with those that obviously has the biggest influence and has the biggest impact. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, pretty much yeah. all the time. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. I'm sure a lot of people can kind of relate and probably going to take great value from that so that's good um where do you see the hpc in 10 years time um i think obviously like our, our kind of vision and mission for the high performance coach is to raise and elevate the standards of the fitness industry we want to now be able to build the center of excellence for coaching um and we now want to be able to ensure that we can create the greatest strongest platform for coaches to be all they can be as a person, as a coach, as an athlete, in whatever their physical endeavors are, and also as business owners. And for them to be able to trust themselves, back themselves, and for them to be able to actually be authentically themselves, and then for them to be able to have the opportunity to have the space, the environment, the education, the support, um, for them to be able to now go and live in alignment with what success really means to them. Um, we don't want to shape and mold our coaches into like what we think they should be. We just want to give them the platform to be able to take them as far as they now want to go in alignment with what they really want. Um, so that's obviously our greatest priority and uh, we want to be able to go upstream. So we don't just want to look at the coaches that have been in the industry one, two, three, five, ten 10 years. Uh, there is obviously a bigger vision in terms of us being able to go more upstream and have a bigger, more positive influence, uh, more of that kind of like beginning stage. But 
right now being able to create a space where people feel like they belong, they feel like they are listened to, heard and understood and they can get the coaching and the support and the platform for them to be able to get the very best out of themselves which as a byproduct is going to allow them to impact, help, transform more people that are obviously around them and it's that kind of ripple effect or that domino effect and I think that's the kind of infinite game for me. It's not, you know, numbers on a screen or it's not total number of clients or it's not, you know, X amount of results in terms of like that thought process. I think it's more um, the feelings that are incalculable. Um, but I think that's the most important thing. Are there metrics and targets that I want to hit 10 years? Maybe like I don't have clarity over that because it's a long way, that's a yeah. long, long way away. Uh, but definitely the next one, three, five, absolutely. But they mean absolutely nothing without meaning. Um, and without us now being able to ensure that we're doing this the right way in alignment with our values and not compromising on those for us to now be able to reach those, uh, which is obviously the most integral thing. Yeah, no, oh, class. And how did you find bringing in a second coach to the HPC? I know you've got a bigger team now, but even just bringing that first person in, how did you find bringing another team member in and the unknowns that kind of come with that? Yeah, I think twofold. Obviously, before I had the high performance coach, I had an incredible um, experience with obviously working with uh, four other coaches under the Team J Physique brand. Uh, and that was amazing because they were incredible human beings. I had so much love for them. They were all my clients, um, four of which are still inside now, now, uh, now inside the high performance coach as coaches. <coughs> um, and like that experience for me in terms of just that team, the connection, the collaboration, like was unbelievable. We operated from a slightly different model then, whereby obviously we operated under the team J Physique umbrella. Uh, and then obviously they would have their own kind of coaching clients, obviously under um, kind of that name. Whereas now, obviously with the way in which we kind of run, um, again, it's about building a team of specialists. So every single coach that comes into the program gets um, exposed to obviously uh, the greatest specialists inside their domain so that we can now provide them the greatest level of support. So when it was um, time to bring in Troy initially, well, first and foremost, um, when I thought about it, I didn't even know who I was going to bring in because you tell yourself this story of like, nobody can do this as well as me, nobody gets it, nobody understands, like uh, they, they're not gonna want to work as hard as me, insert, you know, all these feelings and thoughts and that was just my ego that was just holding me back. And yeah, it did take me a few months to be able to find the right person and that was based upon will, not necessarily skill. Now Troy is incredibly skilled, uh, but that wasn't the thing that initially now attracted me to him, it was more his character, it was more uh, his will, his desire, his um, honesty, integrity, his work ethic. Um, and the relationship that we're able to create. And initially, um, you do have to relinquish control. You do have to now be able to um, let go. And you have to now allow yourself the opportunity to realize that there are people that have far greater superior strengths to you and they see the world in a different way. And that now is a positive thing because ultimately if you can now do that and you can create this culture in this uh, environment which is um, centered around um, honesty and uh, like confidence in conflict and you can have these powerful conversations, it means that you're really leaving no stone left unturned. You're being able to see a different perspective because you don't know what you don't know. You normalize your norm. So bringing somebody else in uh, initially was a little bit of a challenge because your ego takes a hit and you're thinking, how's it gonna go down with the clients, etc. Um, but it was the best thing that I ever did. It was something that I wish that I, I don't wish I did it sooner actually. Um, because I felt as though that obviously it was in alignment, it was right. And I think one big challenge I see is actually alone, so many coaches are actually taking on 
other coaches far too quickly um, and their business is in a position in a place for them to be able to actually do that and I think that then needs to challenge but it's now going to be the time the nurturing the relationship and uh, the autonomy that you can now give that individual and understanding what do they want what are their needs what do they now value what and how is this role serving their future um, and ultimately what do they now want out of this and that is based upon like different metrics so for us we have fun fulfillment finance and freedom you know and then just having that awareness is powerful but yeah i'm a massive believer in if you want to go fast you go alone if you want to go further you go together and uh if you can bring people in that complement you um that's only going to enhance what you have the capacity and the capability to do final thing that i'll add is i think going back to that imposter syndrome you're like who am i to now bring on an employee now all of a sudden you've got um you've obviously now got wages you've got pension contributions at national insurance you've got all these different things that you're now fundamentally responsible for and then in my head i'm still like this little boy who's kicking that ball against the wall and got into coaching because i love training and i had an innate passion for physique development at the time so i think obviously that was also an initial challenge because again you realize it's not just this habit hobby or this just like one person show actually you've got this greater responsibility so that was definitely a shift in my identity that, that also took a period of time, um, but again, was the best thing that I've now done. And of course it's grown and evolved since then. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and what would you say is your biggest struggle in starting a business? Um, I, I think initially was, uh, I still remember the day that uh, <laughs> I rang my parents and uh, I told them that basically off the back of uh, me finishing my dissertation, uh, I wasn't gonna basically get a, a job and I was just gonna carry on this kind of online coaching thing. And, uh, and my stepdad was basically, I remember him basically being like, well, listen, like, when are you gonna get a real job? Like, when are you gonna stop doing this thing? Because, you know, it's like, it's not gonna serve your future. It's not gonna do this and not that. And that came from a, a place of love and we, we talk about it all the time. We joke about it quite a lot. Um, <laughs> even now so i think obviously for me it's actually knowing that the first person that you ha that has to now um believe in it is you because others around you aren't necessarily going to get it they're not going to understand um they want to keep you safe they want to protect you they want they they are obviously now putting their um perception of the world and their beliefs and their values onto you and that's not a bad thing in any way shape or form if anything that can bring awareness but most importantly it's about you now inherently backing you and uh, just now giving yourself that question to that that questioning of well what if it does fail what if it doesn't work out well what's the worst that can happen what's, what's the best that can happen um and it's almost just let's just fuck about and find out and You've got to, of course, be calculated with the risk that you take, depending upon your current circumstance. Um, but I think for me, it was just that innate backing and confidence in belief in myself. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know what even running a business was. Um, I didn't even like know really a lot, I'll be honest with you. It was just more I had this passion, this desire, and this drive to be able to solve a problem. I knew that I could impact people. I knew that I could help people. And I was just gonna follow my nose and trust my instinct. And it started to build, develop, and grow. And again, you just learn as you go. So I think that was it for me. It's like, people aren't gonna understand. People will mock, people will judge, people won't get it. And that's okay, they're not supposed to get it. And I think the power of them finding people that do get it um, is one of the most incredible things that you can do because 
that sense of belonging connection and also that leadership that can bring um, and the journey that's already been like kind of paved in front of you um, can give you so much hope um, so I think yeah for me it's just if you've got an idea you've got a problem that you now believe that you can solve and you've got something you want to be able to bring to the marketplace it's like well I go back to the 90 year old self or the old 80 year old self sat on that rocking chair it's like what I regret not having just taken that leap because in one, two, three generations time, nobody's not gonna know who you are anyway. So it's like, well, actually, do you know what? I might as well just trust myself, back myself and just find out and you're gonna fail forward fast and learn through the process. And it's actually in hindsight gonna only probably make you better. And that's probably gonna be the next stepping stone that will step you onto the next thing. So yeah, yeah, nobody's gonna get it back yourself, trust yourself and follow through. Got it. Um, how did you know it was a time for a change within J physique to the HPC. Um, I talk about this quite regularly uh, with with a lot of coaches uh, around obviously like changing niche and changing their market. And um, I got to a point whereby like uh, bodybuilding and uh, physique development fundamentally changed my life in terms of like what it gave me. Uh, I still massively value and appreciate and love um, that so much. But I reached a point whereby I was coaching so many incredible people through body transformations, but I'd done it for so long and I'd done so much of it um, that my passions and what I was curious about and what I was interested in and what I'd now been through, it started to, to shift, alter and change. And I felt as though that I could give so much more to the marketplace. I also had evidence because I was working with some coaches at the time and I was seeing their struggles, their challenges, what they were going through. Um, I'd obviously been the guy that had gone in great shape, neglected my business, built a great business, neglected my body shape, health and performance, built a great body, built a great business, um, respective to obviously myself and my circumstance. And what I felt was obviously good and great. Um, and neglected my relationships. And then I realized that, you know, there wasn't really anybody that was out there that was now coaching coaches within the domain of not just physique, not just business um, or life, but actually now how they can now really start to cultivate and do it all because it is difficult, it is challenging. And like one focus and just doubling down on that, I believe obviously can bring short-term success um, and incredible impact and fulfillment. But over the long term, obviously, we all have different values and different roles and responsibilities. So I wanted to be able to now bring something that I knew I'd been through, I'd experienced, and I knew that I needed um, that wasn't in the marketplace. And that was the day that I was walking around my, not my field, the field that is, that's, near my, that's near my house with Lola. And I was just questioning everything. I was like, why do I feel bored or bad? Why do I feel guilty? Why do I feel so lost? Because I've got all these incredible clients. Um, I've been able to get these fantastic results. I have got great experiences, great freedom. Financially, at the age of 25, um, you know, I was far further ahead than what I ever thought that I would ever be. And I had everything, if not more than I ever wanted, but I just felt like I lacked this fulfillment and this peace and I knew that I wanted to give more but I didn't know what, where or how and that was really the transition and the change for me and I realised that I could stay exactly where I was and I could keep doing that for another one, two, three, five, ten years but I'd be doing those people a disservice because I wouldn't be in it and I think that for me that wouldn't feel aligned and again it goes back down to that 
like, well, actually, with my future self, thank, thank my current self for the for the behaviors and decisions and choices that I'm now making. So that was when I realized I had to destroy, rebuild strategically to then be able to step in because I needed that passion, that desire, that drive, that energy. Um, and I now needed that new North, North Star to be able to work towards um, because I felt as though that I had so much to offer because my life changed so much. And one great thing that I heard Jay Shetty say on a podcast was that <clears throat> so often, um, and I might potentially butcher this, you get into something, you do something, you become a somebody within a certain domain, and then you almost feel as though like you become a puppet because obviously you now put these um, pieces of content out to the world and you've built this business in this certain way. You now believe that obviously others like you obviously for that reason. And so you now feel as though that you have to keep doing that instead of actually now realizing the first person you have to now please is obviously yourself. So um, being able to realize and appreciate that you can destroy and rebuild and you can start again at any point. Um, I think was a really, really powerful thing for me in realizing that the first person that had to ha be fulfilled and be happy and be challenged in a positive way was myself. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I even think that it's so valuable for even people outside the coaching industry as well, like changing their niche and things like that. Even people that are lacking fulfillment in their careers and things like that, etc. That is just so valuable yeah. as well. I think, mate, just uh, like, like th there's always going to be uncertainty. Like there's always going to be uncertainty in whatever you do, like, <clears throat> but it's not about now trying to eradicate that. And some people value certainty on different levels of this, like the scale. Um, but I think as always, it's about then how do I now mitigate the risk? How can I be as strategic as possible? How can I gather and collate as much evidence as possible? Um, who do I now need to get support from? Um, and realizing that there's always going to be, there's always going to be a degree of uncertainty, um, and that's okay and that's not something to be fearful of so often the fear is telling you exactly where you need to go yeah yeah no definitely um so off a little bit of, uh the hpc now and into if you couldn't be a coach or anything to do with business i'm sorry anything to do with fitness what would you do be a full-time dog dad <laughs> <laughs> no i honestly uh <clears throat> when I when I was obviously in this kind of like limbo mode between um, finishing football and uh, then obviously still trying to get other contracts um, and I was working in Tesco's for a little while, I, I rang my old PE teacher um, who was an incredible bloke and actually I, I messaged him on WhatsApp uh, about six months ago just literally thanking him for the impact that he had on my life and again that goes back down to like, you know, like people don't remember kind of like uh, what you said or you know what you did they remember obviously how like how you made them feel and he was somebody that had such a huge influence on me uh, in terms of just giving me so much in terms of like leadership some powerful lessons in terms of like how to coach um even then that I didn't even realize that I was taking and I remember calling him and uh I was actually exploring obviously like how would I become a PE teacher yeah. because he was almost like a massive inspiration and role model for me so I think if I didn't get into coaching like, would I maybe go down the PE teacher route, potentially back in the day? Um, More bit outside of fitness. But, out, but outside of fitness, honestly, I couldn't even, I honestly couldn't even tell you. Like, yeah. I've never even, I've never even, I've never even thought about it yeah. because my life is sort of being completely centered around that, that I couldn't even consider what I would now do out with that yeah, even now, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think that's probably, that's probably a testament to how kind of you are living your happy life and your rich life, and a mm. testament to how like you don't have any doubts of what you're doing. It's exactly where you want to be, and if it's not where you are, 
it's still within fitness and you're incredibly passionate about that, which is, uh, which is yeah, cool. What has been your toughest challenge you've had to overcome <coughs> when training for a fitness goal? Um, I'll probably use my first ever one, which is uh, I was um, prepping for my uh, first ever bodybuilding competition. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, I literally had like 20 foods on a Word document written out that I put on my fridge that had the protein on it and had the calories on it. And it was like chicken, beef, tuna, steak, uh, white rice, brown rice, white potato, sweet potato, oats. Fats were nuts. And I think that was literally it, I think. Oh, and eggs, I had eggs in there as well, obviously, and the protein. And uh, I lived in a house with three other lads. Um, and I basically, yeah, did a bodybuilding prep where I pretty much just took myself to the absolute extreme. I hadn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody else around me kind of had ever experienced that. And uh, I obviously absolutely battered myself in the process. I got insanely shredded. Um, and I was fortunate enough to also win that competition, but about, Four weeks before, this actually comes on to the Dan Reeve uh, question. Yeah. About four weeks before. Which I've left out. <laughs> yeah. But about four weeks before, I actually ended up getting piles. Um, and it was like the most excruciating, horrific pain that I'd ever experienced. And I felt so vulnerable. I felt so weak. I was obviously incredibly hungry. Uh, my relationship with food obviously was not positive at the time. And uh, of course, like, I felt obviously um, not at my best anyway. And so when that happened, obviously I was four weeks away from a competition. I was more than ready because I didn't even have it. I didn't know what I was doing. It was just how quickly can I get shredded. And uh, I was just like, what am I going to do? Because now I'm not going to be able to train. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to, you know, and like these, this fear set in. And I remember having to sit on the couch for a week because I couldn't train. I couldn't do anything. And the only reason that I was actually um, able to do that, otherwise I would have carried on, was I was um, training alongside uh, an Olympic swimming coach at the time who just loved training with me. And he basically just said to me, like, Joe, if you were one of my athletes right now, um, I'd be telling you to go and chill out and go and do absolutely nothing. Your body is telling you that you um, have an incredibly um, high level of, obviously, uh, stress at this moment in time. And you now going and pushing harder is only going to make things worse and actually going to be a detriment to you. So um, if it hadn't been for him and the trust I had in him, I probably would have carried on. But that was the hardest week ever because... I didn't know, I had no experience. Um, and then lo and behold, actually seven days later, I looked even better. Um, I had even more energy. And uh, actually I think that was the catalyst that I think then allowed me the opportunity to really progress in the last couple of weeks and make even more progress was because I was able to actually rest and recover. But in that moment, um, I just remember feeling so low, so vulnerable and uh, just so unsure. And uh, also quite alone in that moment as well, because as a 20, whatever it was, uh, you know, lad I was, um, telling obviously others that, that your bum hole had fallen out was uh, was obviously not at the top of the uh, not at the top of the agenda and not yeah. something that you uh, that you uh, that you readily do. So I think that was probably one of the biggest challenges, and also getting released from professional football as well. Because I remember the day they pulled me into the office and said, "Now, nah, mate, sorry, you've not made it." And I just felt as though that I just let my parents down, who had just travelled the length and the breadth of the country, given up absolutely everything, and and you know pumped so much into me, and just not getting that contract. I felt guilty and felt as though that I should, you know, I felt like I, I'd let them down, but of course I hadn't. Yeah. Um, so I think that was probably the other one as well for me just realizing. Yeah. Oh. Um, do you believe that strength and endurance can coexist? 
Oh yeah, 100%. I think it's ultimately now coming back down to the strategy of it though, because what happens is typically most people will then try and do strength at 100% and endurance at 100%. If you do strength and endurance to 100%, you then have 200%. Therefore, your recovery capabilities and your recovery demands obviously um, are not gonna be supportive of those and the adaptations aren't gonna be able to occur um, because you're gonna be constantly in the red. So the biggest and the most important thing is like understanding what is what is the goal um, and then being able to reverse engineer off the back of that and there's always going to be obviously push and pulls and different phases of like prioritization and i think it's about strategically planning obviously around those you've obviously got like the recovery modalities you've potentially got like um <clears throat> when's the best time to train in terms of like optimization but even if i look at myself it's like i train for consistency not optimization just because of work and other things that now take even more of a priority so can it happen absolutely um i think it's about now making sure that obviously you're just managing total volume uh, you're being strategic in terms of like what you're working towards and uh, yeah you're not trying to be at 100 you're not trying to do 100 percent training like resistance split and also 100% endurance yeah. um, program because otherwise you're not going to be able to recover from those demands and I think that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes that I made um, and also a big challenge that I see with so many people trying to do that and then they don't have the energy and or they can't really progress to the level that they would now like to and of course there's so much more intricacy that I could go into but yeah. to kind of answer the question absolutely yeah, yeah. if strategically done properly um, you can make some incredible newbie gains initially but yeah. off the back of that is then going to be the finer margins of being strategic in your approach uh, most importantly yeah no that makes perfect sense um how do you fit everything in? So running a big business and alongside your high performing fitness? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> you've got to find your edge. So again, like I've had to obviously go through the lessons experiences of finding out what's actually too much and uh, you have to find out the hard way. And then in doing so, you obviously then learn what's worked, what hasn't worked. And then basically what are the signs and what are the red flags that allow you to realize that you've gone too far. I think off the back of that is then understanding, well, what's the priority right now? So for example, obviously a huge focus and a huge priority right now is um, the coaching, the business, and that's obviously at the top of the priority list. And then I've obviously got the health, family, relationships, and the other fun that we obviously like to have. So it's about then looking at where do I put those rocks in and then what am I okay with compromising and or sacrificing for a period of time. Um, a lot of my life is highly automatic and systemized in terms of um, I'll typically eat the same things like breakfast and lunch, I'll train at the same time. Um, me and Leanne obviously have regular daily walks and meetings around like where we are, what we value, what we want to do, um, like you know where and what we're willing to give etc at, at different periods. Um, and then I think also the biggest thing for me is like, I say this all the time, it's like, it's the people around you that make you out to be better than you actually are. Um, so obviously having Leanne, having my mum, who's our kind of like head of uh, admin and uh, like all thing client relations, having obviously the captain, um, having Troy, Ben, Jen, Dan, um, you know, like having these people around you that you can start to trust, that can start to delegate obviously off roles and responsibilities that aren't within your zone of excellence that allow you the opportunity to spend more time doing the stuff that's going to move the needle for you, I think is big, one of the biggest and the most important things. So where can we delegate? Where can we systemize? Where can we automate or eradicate? Um, and then how can I then spend my time doing the things that are now going to bring the greatest amount of value, have the greatest impact? Um, and also, I do do a lot. So <laughs> again, there's no getting away from yeah. the fact that like I do so much um, and I'm okay with that. Um, 
we would of course love to start um, a family at some point and of course then my values I suspect are going to change and what I do and how I do it but right now at this stage and at this phase in my life that I'm in um, I'm just trying to now like optimize for fulfillment yeah. um, and what I feel as though is most important for me at this moment in time. Yeah no perfect right I'm very cautious of time so we're just going to run through these last few questions which um slightly more light-hearted than we can maybe just limit to you know kind of quick fire kind of questions so uh, why do you dislike Bulgarians? I just I, I don't dislike Bulgarians I don't, don't dislike Bulgarians but I think it's probably uh, the, the one of the most challenging one of the most challenging exercises that psychologically you have to prepare yourself for when you kill yourself on one leg and then you know that you've got to go and do exactly the same and bury yourself on the other um, it's just that kind of like that moment where you drop the dumbbells for a couple of seconds, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably it more so yeah, anything. No, you're definitely not alone on that one. Um, I'm sure you can guess who asked this question, what are you having for your tea today? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a regular, for, just, just, to, just to give some more context to that, every single night in the High Performance Coach uh, team chat that we have, uh, one thing is we literally just all send over a photo uh, what we're actually having for dinner, and that's just a common that's a common question. So, mate, to answer your question, um, I actually don't know, but it's on the it's on the food board down 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 downstairs. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's something lovely. Anyways, um, what is your favourite food? Uh, I don't think I have one. I, I love so many. I love I love food. I just love uh, experiences, and uh, I love actually food but actually the connections that come along with food as well, with the company that you have. I think enjoying a good meal with good company and people, I think it's more about the experience. So I don't necessarily think it's the food. I think it's more than the environment and the people you're also with, I think yeah. is the thing that makes it for me. So I can't, I know it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I can't give you like a definitive yeah. one. Also, Leanne is an unbelievable cook. Um, so I think there's so many so things yeah, that I can decide. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the food that you dislike that most people like? Um, if there is uh, one, mushrooms is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think a lot of people always think I'm a bit weird because I don't like mushrooms. Um, oranges, I'm not an oranges no, man. That's, that's that's the answer there. Yeah, I'm an oranges man, yeah. mate. I'm not I'm not an oranges man. Sorry. Got it. Everyone likes oranges, but <laughs> JP. Um, what is your bedtime story? <laughs> bit of context so that story me and uh, Jack Wilson um, an incredible friend and somebody who's been in the program for a long time now we did a, a 70.3 Ironman a few years ago and uh, it was the first one we'd ever done we were in a like, caravan and uh, we were sleeping in these hobbit beds and uh, we were so nervous and apprehensive about having to get up at 4am the next day to basically go into uh, the Wayne of Sea and uh, go and do an Ironman for the first time and I don't even know where it came from but I just started telling Jack a bedtime a bedtime <laughs> I just started telling Jack this random bedtime story um, yeah now ever since he's I think he's actually got it on film so uh, yeah he just always yeah. holds me to that yeah um, who do you think would win in a fight between the Kebab Kings Ross and Grant <laughs> oh I think Ro I think Ross would outrun Grant but I think Grant would out squat Ross so uh, I say I don't I don't I don't Mate, that's a, that's be a, one to watch. Oh, it would be one to it would be it would be one to watch, mate. It would be one to watch for um, the Kebab Kings. What is your max heart rate on a tune up on a Monday? Yeah, pretty high. I have yeah. to say, I'm not going to lie. Probably max. Probably far far greater than the 5k PB that I did yesterday. I reckon. I reckon my my tune up my tune up heart rate must be I must be anaerobic. <laughs> uh, what size sports bag do you wear when you run? Uh, double D's. Double D's. Um, and what's the last one we've got? 
I think that's it. I think that's everything actually. I think we'll wrap it up there. Nice. Have you got any questions you want to ask? Or is that is that enough questions from the question from the no, question master? No, I, I, I mean I've got a lot, but I'm cautious of time, so I think we'll maybe have to do a second part at some point, and we'll think of some. Yeah, good mate. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. I enjoyed yeah. that as well. Yeah, it's no, actually really. quite nice not having to think about what you're going to talk about yeah. and just ask questions. Very yeah. good questions as well, mate. I have and to say. And I think once people listen to this and maybe. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a, there's a, I anyways have a lot more follow-up questions, so I'm sure many other people do, so if, if no one else wants a part two, I do, so <laughs> we'll do it again at some point. Uh, team, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you found any value in the podcast, then uh, I would, of course, love to hear from you. Have an incredible morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're up to. I love you, and I shall speak to you soon.